Law of Self-Defense content you are about to enjoy is presented for general educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. If you are in need of legal advice, consult competent legal counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Welcome to our ongoing coverage of the Minnesota murder trial of Derek Chauvin over the in-custody death of George Floyd. I'm attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense. This is not our end-of-day wrap-up post, folks. That's still to come later this evening, but there were some interesting arguments made in court before the jury was brought in that I thought worth sharing with you because they appear to indicate that the prosecution is beginning perhaps to panic about some profound weaknesses in this case. The specific arguments I have in mind centered around the state's upcoming use of force expert, Professor Seth Stoughton. He's long been scheduled to testify that based on national standards, not Minneapolis Police Department standards, but national standards, that in his opinion, Chauvin's use of force was unreasonable. This testimony was being allowed, even though there's no evidence that Chauvin has ever been made aware of these standards other than as imposed by the Minneapolis Police Department. Defense counsel Nelson filed the motion that asked Judge Cahill to exclude Stoughton's testimony entirely on the grounds that it is cumulative in nature. That is, in court, you're allowed to bring in a witness to argue a legal or factual point, but not an unlimited number of witnesses on the same point. To do so risks creating a fundamental unfairness in the proceedings. So one witness on a given point's okay, two are okay, three or four begin to feel sketchy, seven or eight start to feel really over the top. And this has always been a concern of the defense because the state had a witness list of some 400 people. No, I'm not kidding. Most of whose testimony would necessarily be duplicative and cumulative. Although Defense Counsel Nelson raised these concerns with Judge Cahill early on, Stoughton was still permitted to be on the schedule as a use-of-force expert for the state. Now, however, Nelson is arguing that this allowance should be reversed by the court because of the manner in which the state has had so many prior witnesses already testify on these use-of-force policy issues. For example, we've heard testimony on use of force policy issues from Police Chief Arredondo, from the inspector in charge of training, the lieutenant in charge of training, from Lieutenant Zimmerman, the homicide detective who was the responding lieutenant to the scene, from Sergeant Pluger, who was the responding sergeant to the scene, from the next sergeant who took over at shift change, and now we're going to have yet another speaker on the same issue. The prosecution managed to convince the judge that Stoughton ought to be allowed despite the cumulative nature of his testimony, because he comes at it from a different perspective than the other witnesses, they claim. Um, Those other witnesses were police officers discussing mostly MPD policies, although a couple did discuss the national case of Graham v. Connor, which we've talked about before in this context. In contrast, the prosecution says, Stoughton is an academic who would bring a purely national standards perspective. The manner in which Prosecutor Slider framed this argument to Judge Cahill to continue to allow Stoughton's testimony, however, strongly highlights a key reality in this trial that I raised in this morning's blog post. This morning, I pointed out that it's not enough to convict Chauvin on the merits of this case, even if his restraint to Floyd was a contributing factor to Floyd's death. It's also necessary that his use of force upon Floyd was wrongful, meaning not justified, meaning unreasonable under the totality of the circumstances. In his argument to the judge today, Prosecutor Schleider explicitly affirmed this challenge for the state, stating, and I quote here, quote, the authorized use of force is a complete defense to all the charges in this case. It is primary, front, and center, close quote. 
In other words, the last week's worth of medical testimony is entirely inadequate to convict Chauvin of any crime, no matter the extent to which it may have contributed to Floyd's death, if that use of force was that of a reasonable officer under the totality of the circumstances. And those circumstances include officers' concerns about excited delirium, awareness that paramedics were arriving imminently, the fact that it had taken four officers to subdue the six-foot, six-inch, 230-pound Floyd as he forcibly fought lawful arrest, and the presence of the hostile crowd shouting threats of imminent physical violence, sufficiently believable that even the arriving paramedics chose to do a load and scoot rather than attempt to save Floyd's life on scene, and where members of the crowd were being held back by others from advancing on the officers, including the state's own MMA expert Williams, who's visible at the scene wearing a Northside Boxing Club sweatshirt, shouting himself threats of imminent violence, and with a rather deranged expression on his face, as you can see in the featured picture of this blog post. If the state can't overcome that challenge of showing that Chauvin's use of force was unreasonable and do so beyond any reasonable doubt, they cannot gain a conviction on the legal merits of this case, and that prospect is scaring the heck out of them. Also of huge concern to the state is the interpretation of Floyd's in-custody statement that, the defense argues, quote, I ate too much drugs. Of course, the state argues Floyd actually said, quote, I don't take no drugs. Suddenly, just this past Friday evening, this is Monday, folks, today, the state prosecutors dumped at Nelson's office a just-created report by Stoughton that purports to provide some in-depth analysis of Floyd's speech, including exhibits with slowed-down video, subtitles, interpretations of what Floyd said, and so forth. The sudden creation of this report and exhibits tells you exactly how much the I ate too much drugs interpretation of Floyd's words, an interpretation, by the way, made by the state's own witnesses, scared the prosecution. Now, there was more of interest in this argument over Stoughton, but time doesn't permit me to dig into all of it. In lieu of that level of detail for me in the moment, I'm going to embed the video of that relevant argument in the text version of this content for your viewing pleasure. Don't forget, anyone interested in a free podcast version of our daily legal commentary and analysis of the Chauvin trial can access that at the Law Self-Defense News Q&A podcast. Available on Pandora, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google, really everywhere, folks. You can get all those links to your preferred podcast platform at lawofselfdefense.com slash free podcast. And thanks as always to Legal Insurrection and CCW Safe for the support that makes my coverage of this trial possible. All right, folks, I'm going to get back to the testimony. Uh, be prepared to write up the end of day wrap up later this evening. Until then, I'm attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Stay safe.